The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for Biden. This is for Firearms Friday. Firearms uh, Friday. Right here, the first one of the new year, in fact, of 2024. Good morning and welcome to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show and it is Friday, which means it is the one day a week that we dedicate to gun rights, the Second Amendment discussions of... uh, the same and uh, and a and a and a good and bright and cheery. Good morning to you. How are you? How you doing? You ready? You ready for this? Firearms Friday uh, is that one day a week that we spend uh, the most of the show, majority of the show, talking about uh, the Second Amendment. Uh, sometimes some history, sometimes some discussions on. Um, you know, the laws and the effects, and it's just an all-around good time, a discussion on firearms rights and more. It's what we do every Friday and have done on this program every Friday for going on 18 years, something like that, and uh, we we get a good chance to discuss stuff, and uh, no, a lot of times we have a guest, no guest today. So it's just you and me, uh, next week, we're going to have uh, top shot, Chris Chang on the program, uh, from the history channel show top shot. So that'll be fun. Giving, getting his perspective from sunny California. Um, and, uh, but today it's going to be you and me, and we're going to have a little bit of gun Q and a, which is uh, questions and answers, and the, the whole premise behind the whole premise behind Firearms Friday. Uh, for those of you who don't know, if you're just tuning in and joining us, welcome. Uh, but the whole premise behind the show on Fridays is to essentially demystify the firearm uh, to to take away some of the some of the fear. Uh, and really, I think the whole thing behind the, the, the idea behind the show is that we, you know, I was, I'd watch the television, I'd watch the news recording and the coverages of various things regards in regards to uh, firearms, whether it was, uh, some kind of shooting event or a bunch of talking heads getting up there and saying some absolutely nonsensical things that I said, you know, we really need to educate people on, you know, on the basics of firearms and safety and make them understand, you know, what this, what this, this whole thing is really all about. Uh, and there has been some dumb stuff said by not just talking heads and news anchors, but, you know, like by politicians. I think the one that stands out to me the most, uh, and really what kind of started me on this journey was way back in, Oh, the late aughts, um, 
there was an interview with Tucker Carlson. I think that was when he worked for NBC or something. Anyway, he was interviewing Carolyn McCarthy. And it really struck me, who's a, a Democratic senator at the time, whose husband had been killed by a mugger with a gun. And so, therefore, she had an invested interest in, you know, making sure that, that uh, you know, that, that guns were outlawed and that, you know, we all this kind of stuff. But it really brought home the fact that, you know, this really isn't about fixing the, the problem. This is more about control than anything else. And I remember watching this exchange and feeling vindicated because at this point, I think we'd already been doing Firearms Friday for uh, two or three years already. And, and I, and I felt vindicated, but I watched this exchange and with my mouth just hanging open and it brought home to me the understanding that politicians don't really understand. Well, they don't understand a lot about, I mean, they're making, they're making rules, laws, and regulations about things that for the most part, they really don't understand. Uh, and this exchange just shows you exactly why we have firearms Friday each and every week uh, for this reason alone. This is the exchange between Tucker Carlson and Carolyn McCarthy about the assault weapons ban, which was they were it was in process. They, they had already passed it and they were trying to renew it. Here's what was said. In February, you introduced the assault weapons ban and law enforcement protection act of 2007. It would regulate semi-automatic assault weapons, including weapons that have pistol grips, a forward grip, and something called a barrel shroud. Weapons with a barrel shroud would be regulated. What's a barrel shroud and why should we regulate it? I think I think the more important thing is that it also would have had banned the large capacity clips right. that Colin Ferguson had but used I, and also uh, the killer. Okay. But I, I read the, I read the legislation. I'm sorry. I read the legislation and it said that it would regulate barrel shrouds. What's a barrel shroud and why should we regulate that? The guns that were chosen back in uh, in those days were basically the guns that most gangs and criminals were using to kill our, our police okay. officers. I'm not saying it was the best bill, but that okay. was the best Do bill you know they could what get a barrel out shroud at that particular is? time. I actually don't know what a barrel oh, shroud okay, is. I believe it's, in it's your the shoulder thing that goes up. I believe it's the shoulder thing. <clears throat> so first of all, a couple of things here. Um, the guns that were chosen for this list were for guns that, uh, you know, uh, that killed, that were, uh, mostly being used against police officers, which is blatantly false. The, the, any, the, the pistols, a pistol is much more, pistols are much more prevalent in gun crimes than any other type of firearm. So the fact that they wanted to go after the assault weapons, uh, anything with a pistol grip, anything with a bayonet lug, anything with a barrel shroud, which is not the shoulder thing that goes up, by the way, um, was, you know, th th this was, it was just an outright lie. And what it showed you was that this really wasn't about fixing the problem. That what this really was about was taking away uh, firearms from people who, uh, who the majority of people were at law-abiding. Now, remember, the because st st statistics, there's numbers. There's this is stuff that you can go back and you can look at. You can look at the what they call the UCR, the Uniform Crime Report, from the Department of Justice, the FBI, uh, for years and years and years. They've been tracking this information for years. And you can see time and time and time again that the uh, incidents of violence with firearms, specifically 
assault weapons, you know, long guns, um, is a fraction of what it is for pistols uh, across across the board. Uh, in fact, the last numbers uh, that are available are for 2021, I think, 462 deaths in the country, in the country, with all long guns. Now, that's not just your evil black assault rifles. That is your hunting rifle, your squirrel rifle, um, you know, bolt actions, lever actions. That's every everything included because they don't break out the statistic by type of long gun. And on the other hand, they have pistol, you know, usage and things like that. And murders with firearms uh, are in the 10, 12,000 range. So it really show when you look at the numbers, you see that this is really about more about control than it is about anything else. That ultimately this is supposed to be incrementalism. What they're trying to do or what they were trying to do at the time was that they were trying to eliminate um uh, they were trying to eliminate the uh, uh, the the major the, the long guns and stuff because then the next thing they could focus on in their incrementalism is then they could focus on the handguns. That's I think that's always been kind of the I think that's always been kind of the push. And you know usually they don't say the quiet part out loud. Uh, sometimes they uh, they slip up and they say, yeah, we're coming for your other guns as well. People like uh, uh, Beto O'Rourke and others, we are coming for your AR-15s and, you know, but that just never goes over very well because eventually people figure out that, um, that that's what the case is. And even those, uh, you know, there's no atheist in a foxhole. And so when crisis time comes, like it did during COVID and the summer of no, the summer of peaceful protests as we like to call it around here, which was the summer of unrest where they had all the riots and looting and and people were scared. And all those people who heretofore had been anti-gun or had no interest in guns were attempting to get one. And then they discovered that it wasn't as easy to get a gun as it was to get a library book, as President Obama had said many times, that, oh, it's easier to get a, a gun than it is to get a library book. They discovered that that was an out-and-out blatant lie and falsehood. Uh, and so we're seeing a rise and we've seen the acceleration of the purchases of firearms across the country and more and more people are getting involved. And the whole point, again, is what I was trying to say for Firearms Friday is to demystify, to answer questions, to talk about the the actual numbers, the statistics, and to look at that and to see all the stuff in black and white and to try and make – because let's face it, when you've got people up there – uh, who are saying some of the things that they're saying that have absolutely no idea what they're talking about, it is, uh, uh, it's dangerous, especially when you're talking about a fundamental right. And trust me, there are plenty of people out there that have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to your constitutional right to keep and bear arms. Not only do they not understand it from a constitutional or scholarly standpoint, they just don't even understand the basics of the science, the mechanics, the engineering of firearms. They just don't understand how that works. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. It's essentially turning it into a short barrel rifle, which has been a weapon of choice by a number of mass shooters. If you put a bear, 
on a pistol. It turns it into a rifle. It changes the caliber. It does the, these are the people that are attempting to make decisions for a fundamental right. If you have ever seen a gunman fire what looks like a machine gun with just one hand, that's what pistol braces allow you to do. I say, hold up, wait a minute, something ain't right. And we all know that because of the ammunition magazines that can be strapped onto so many pistols, that these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47s. What? Ammunition magazines that can be strapped onto so many pistols that these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47s. That, I mean, that, this is the, these are, that's Dick Durbin, that's Chuck Schumer, that's President Biden. I mean, we, we could go, we could do a whole show of nothing but news clips of politicians, talking heads, news media personality, putting out blatant falsehoods about firearms in an attempt to bolster their positions, which is essentially, I think, in my own personal opinion, boils down to the fact that what they're trying to do is they're trying to disarm the populace so that they can move forward with their other agendas. Because, again, these people are all part of the narrative where they believe that the only way that we can move forward in society in a positive direction is through the direct benevolent intervention of government and get all these pesky, rugged individualists corralled up and get them on with the program. You won't get with the program. You people out there, you will not get with the program. Uh, and, And because you have guns and they want to make you get with the program, they've got to disarm you to be able to make you do that. I mean, that's that I've just concise that down to the most basic, ridiculous sounding thing you probably ever heard. But that's kind of where it's going. Right. These people believe that they know better than you how you should live your life, that they know better than you how you should get all these things done. And they just want to get government and make government do the, make you do the things that they want you to do. But because you have firearms, they know you'll resist. And so what they need to do is make sure that only the. Uh, good guys. Only the government has guns, so they can make you do what you what they want you to do. I it, it's that that is the long and the short of it, in my opinion. In my humble opinion, that is the long, that is the short, and that's what Firearms Friday was born out of. So, okay, uh, we got more. Mm, we got more. We're about to jump into it. Uh, The phone lines are open right now. Uh, We've gone ahead and opened the phone lines. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. If you want to tell us about, did you get some nice firearms for Christmas? You want to tell us about that? You want to tell us about anything that's happened over the holidays? Or you want to discuss any of the stories, including... The latest from this shooting in Iowa that happened yesterday. Let's, uh, we can talk about that as well. We're going to continue. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It is Firearms Friday. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. 
Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, we're in the break right now, uh, ready to go. I want to get caught up in the chat room. I see we've got uh, one, possibly two lines on hold. Is that it? i got one line on hold for sure. Uh, let's go over there and get their name so that we can take their phone call when we return to the radio here in just a couple minutes uh, so we'll know who we're talking to. Okay, so caller, I'm about to jump over to you and get your name and where you're calling from. Uh, so give me, who is this and where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. It's uh, Fred over here in Rhode Island. Well, hello, my friend. Uh, welcome back. Uh, happy Happy New Year. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold, and you're going to be number one with a bullet when we come back. We missed we missed talking to you last uh, uh, last year before the end of the year. We thought maybe we'd hear from you, but uh, uh, it's good to talk with you. So we'll uh, we'll we'll start off with you here in just a minute. So don't go anywhere, Fred. We'll be right back. Uh, we'll be right back to you here. Uh, let me go back, uh, Andy. Alaska Andy one. Good morning, Andy. Uh, thanks for calling in uh, or not calling in, but you know what I mean. Participating in the chat room. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. 27 degrees says Rick. He's, he's not too far from where I am. Where is it? This one? Oh, 28 degrees. My God, it's a heat wave. And we got three inches of snow yesterday, uh, which puts us at almost seven feet of snow down here uh, in this area. I was just like, oh, man, it's crazy. Um, heat wave. So good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, is it just me or did the EQ in New York and the school shooting in Idaho just happen to coincide with the release of the Epstein list? I mean, it did happen, but I don't think that uh, I think the thing in Idaho is definitely a standalone. I don't know what you mean by the EQ in New York. I don't know what that means. I, maybe I missed something. Um, good morning, good morning, good morning. Raining in Soldovia. Oof, man. Um, it's always free thinking with Bill and Brian on here. Uh, Ten below in Fairbanks. They believe that you will resist, but more importantly, they are working to convince other people that if you own a gun, uh, you are a dangerous and a bad person. It's another wedge and balkanization of the U.S. I would not disagree with that. I would also agree that that's part and parcel of the uh, uh, of the problem. That's for sure. Oh, it's Dodie's husband. Andy is Dodie's husband. Well, hello, Andy, and thank you. Uh, and hi to Dodie as well. Um, Teresa said she's glad for the rain that's melting her, their ice. Apparently they got a bunch of ice down there. Oh, the earthquake they were calling that they were calling a terrorist attack. Bill, this is exactly how much, uh, the earthquake, this is exactly, um, how much I'm paying attention to national stuff right now. If it doesn't have to do with firearms, uh, pretty much that's it. Um, is that I had, I didn't even hear that. I didn't even hear about the, the earthquake terror slash the earthquake slash terrorist attack i didn't even didn't even hear about it um so there you go mm-hmm. let's see the 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 names on this list i mean that's just uh that that's the names on this list are just crazy my wife was going she's paying more attention to the national stuff and the epstein stuff than i am um and uh it, she reeled off some of the names off the list last night, and I was like, oh, I just I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, all right. 
let's see. Uh, is that it? I'm down to the end. I am. I'm down to the end. All right. So we've all caught up. We've got Fred waiting in the wings. And we're ready. 36 degrees on the Willow side of Hatcher Pass. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. I mean, this it just cannot make up his mind this year. It cannot make up its mind. Seven it, some over the holiday weekend or the vacation, I guess I should say, not the weekend, but vacation. Um, at, at one point, it went from seven below to twenty nine above in like the course of thirty eight hours or something. It was just it was like it could not make it just could not make up its mind. All right. Well, here we go. We're going to jump back into it here. We're 15 seconds out. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share. Getting ready to talk to Fred. If you want to call in and talk about your Christmas gun stuff, now's the time to do it. Let's go. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider The Michael Dukes Show Assault Radio? (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Yeah, I mean, uh, we could be, you know, it's Assault Radio. Did we hurt your feelings? Show me on this doll where the Michael Duke show hurt you. All right, let's uh, go to the phones here before we get into anything else this morning. Fred is calling in from Rhode Island. Uh, we haven't talked to him since last year, uh, and we'd love to hear what he has to say this morning. Good morning, Fred. What's on your mind, uh, sir? What's going on out there? Well, good morning, Mike. Glad to see you back on the air with uh, you know your vacation. Is hope you had a good time. Uh, yeah, the reason, uh, one of the things I'm calling in, you know, for today is you're spot on. You're absolutely spot on with the whole thing about the, you know, the the, the political narrative of the, you know, the, these woke progressive politicians and a few others, you know, as to, you know, pushing this agenda, you know, this, this anti-gun agenda, the, the gun control agenda. And, you know, it's all, it, 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 they're like a runaway, they're like a runaway train. You know, once they get rolling on something, they're not going to stop. Even though they know they're wrong, they're just going to continue. It, it's, it's more advantageous for them to push a, an incorrect narrative than to admit that they were wrong and do an about-face and make a correction on it. They're, not, they're never going to admit they're wrong because that means that they really don't know what the hell they're doing, even though they really don't know what the hell they're doing. But they're going to continue doing what they're doing because, uh, you know, like I say, they can't admit that they're wrong because that would make them look at that they're not they're not uh, totally, they're not totally uh, correct in what they're doing. You know, they, they, they made a mistake, and they're never going to admit they made a mistake. Right. That's how naive they are, which is, which is a lot of, it, it's a lot of, it's not just guns. It's a lot of other things, too. Politics, no, yeah, no. It's definitely, it's definitely not policies. just guns. The guns, though, show you exactly how little the politicians understand many of the things that they're making laws about. Well, yeah, well, let's see, yeah, that, that, and there's a lot of other things that they don't understand that they're making laws about, which is a very dangerous. It's a very dangerous thing for this country, especially when they, they can't. They can't even understand the validity of a 
of a right, you know, a, a sanctioned right, you know, the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, your, that, those are constitutional guaranteed rights, and they don't care. They just, throw, they, they just throw it out the window in a heartbeat and put in whatever nonsense they want to put in. Don't, and, and once again, if it's wrong, if it's all wrong for the country, they don't care. They really have no aspiration to change anything. They're just going to continue on the path that they're going because they're so naive in the fact that they can't admit that they made a mistake. Which is, I, I, I right. say, they, they're the most dangerous individuals in the face of the earth right now. So I'm, I'm concerned. They really are, and they're following a globalist agenda, which is even a bigger, a bigger, a bigger load of nonsense. You know, there's one thing I've been saying all along. It's not the gun. It's the criminal. It's it, it, it's those it's those who would uh, you know throw the law out the window, and uh, do whatever they do, and though that that that's the problem. That's the common denominator in all this. This whole thing in Iowa with this kid in the high school proved it. I mean, it wasn't an AK, it wasn't an AR, it wasn't an assault weapon. It was Grandpa's pump action shotgun and a small caliber handgun that was that that, that did this. It's not the gun; it's the individual. Right. But until, but once again, they're not going. They, they, the wokes and the progressives will never admit to that because they, you know, once again, they'd have to prove that they'd prove to them that they made a mistake, and they'll never ever do that. They burn the country to the ground before they before they admit they, well, they admit they made a mistake. And I think you're making I think you're making a valid point too on you know the the problem with folks who are in this camp for the most part. Now I'm generalizing, uh, painting with a broad brush, is that they are collectivists, right? It's always well, why do you you know I've heard people say, oh, you guys in America, you're so focused on the individual. You know, you should think about what's good for the community. You should think about what's good for the collective. Uh, you know, you should think about what's good for you know, everybody all at once. But you make a valid point that the problem is, is that they're applying that same logic to even the people who are perpetrating the crime. Oh, it's not their fault. It's society's fault. It's the community. It's this. It's the it's the collective's fault that this person went out and we've thrown out the idea of individual responsibility. Uh, you know, if somebody if Johnny goes in and and and, you know, invades a home and gets shot, then they're like, oh, it's not Johnny's fault. He was a great boy. He was, you know, he played on the football team and he walked little old ladies across the street. No, Johnny was a thug. Johnny made a decision to break the law and we should hold people individually accountable for what they've got going on. But they want to apply this collectivist mentality to pretty much everything at this point. Well, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And it applies to a lot of things. You know, the, the most most recent thing that I've seen re- uh, recently is this whole thing on race, this whole race-baiting nonsense. Everything is everything's according to race. And, the, you know, the reason why they're promoting that is because it keeps everybody at everybody else's throat. And they're never going to have any stability, which is exactly what they want. They want to keep all the plates spinning in the air as long as they can so they can sit there and do whatever the hell they want to do behind the scenes. And nobody's paying attention. Not that the media is going to sit there and, you know, the mainstream media is going to sit up and, you know, do anything to call them out on it because they, they're as much of the problem as the problem itself. They're all they're all kind of colluding on the, on, you know, on the same team, to, to you know to de- destroy our freedoms, destroy liberty, destroy the country, turn it into some kind of social nonsense, which is never going to work. All you have to do is look at the Soviet Union. Where are they today? They're gone. Why? Because their narrative doesn't work. But they don't, you know, once again, they're not going to, they're never going to admit they made a mistake, and we just have to, you have to understand that 
if we're going to get any kind of solution. Oh, okay. So, hey, it's because they just didn't do it right. Haven't you heard that, Fred? I mean, sure, Cuba failed and and the Soviet Union There's failed no and, and Venezuela-type socialism failed. It's all because it wasn't the right type of socialism. They've got the, the politicians, oh, they just didn't do it the right way. We can do it the right way and make it work. I mean, it's never worked in the history of the world, but we're sure we can make it work. I mean, again... This is the problem with collectivism, is that it, you will always have a few at the top who are in charge, who are really not about the collectivism, but are instead about their own individual power. It really boils down to individualism anyway. So uh, that was, that was Absolutely. that's the bottom line when it comes down to it. All right, final thoughts here for me, Fred, this morning. Absolutely. Well, that's basically it. That, that, that pretty much wraps it up. You know, I mean, what, what more can you say? But like you say, it's kind of ironic that this kid in, in Iowa with a shotgun instead of an AK. I mean, that 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 kind of like that kind of like you know, that tells the whole story right there. What exactly what they're up to? You know, and they yeah. sit there and they'll follow it. They will sit there and they'll push us all. We now they got to ban assault weapons. Well, Grandpa's shotgun is not an assault weapon. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. No. And again, it's about individuals. It's not about the collective. It's about individuals, both for responsibility and for freedom and for the rights. It, that's what it should. That's what we should Wait, be. You, focusing you, on. you can't have rights without responsibility. I mean, yeah. they go hand in hand. You get rid of one. You don't, you don't, the other one falls. The other one falls apart. It, yep. it, it, it's basically that simple, even though even though the progressives will never look at it that way or admit to it, that that's the way it works. They never will. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Fred. I appreciate you calling in and joining us. Uh, as always, it's good to hear from you. Thanks for listening out in Rhode Island. We appreciate it. You have a good week, Mike. Take All care. right. Thanks so much. Uh, 907-433-3150. If you'd like to call in this morning, we'd love to hear what you have to say and uh, and get uh, get your take on, uh, well, pretty much anything that's been going on. Um, the uh, You know, he was talking about the Iowa shooter. And uh, the thing that happened yesterday, it happened uh, yesterday morning, apparently out in Iowa, just as the school was uh, getting started. It was the return from uh, return from the holiday break. A uh, 17 year old shooter uh, went into the area with a shotgun and a small caliber hand, which I'm assuming means it was like a 22 caliber handgun or something. Um, and uh, it's a tragedy. It is an absolute tragedy. Uh, some interesting things did come out, though, from this. And again, uh, this would be reason number 1,283 why I homeschooled my kids, is that uh, when people, you know, discovered who the shooter was, there was a lot of questions. There was a lot of commentary. Many people came forward and said that this kid had been bullied um, but that the, in the end, it wasn't his bullying that did it. It was the fact that his sister was now going to school and she was being bullied as well uh, that tipped him over the edge, uh, which is just, I mean, it's, it's tragic. This, I mean, this is a, a, this is why I think we're doing education wrong right here. This is, this is exactly why I think we're, we're doing education wrong is because we're a lot because apparently this is, was brought up to the school many times and uh, his parents uh, his parents brought up the uh, the the issue to the school and even when his younger sister started getting bullied as well they brought it up and uh, nothing changed nothing changed uh, we'll make sure that we know what their gender is and that they can do you know all this stuff and we'll hide their pronouns from you but if they're being bullied 
no, we won't. Don't worry about that. We'll. That's the. That's the thing. Again, I'm not excusing his behavior, but it just again highlighted to me why I think putting those kids in those kind of situations. Uh, I'm not worried about it necessarily from the standpoint of um, the danger of like a school shooting. What I'm worried about is the damage to my children in a situation like that because of the bullying and the peer pressure and the cliques. I mean, children, you know, en masse, children are cruel, right? I mean, they just they just do things that are just they just don't have the life experience to understand repercussions for actions and things like that. And uh, from I'm hearing it from other parents and have heard over the last 10 years, uh, you know, from people here in the community uh, and my wife's friends who talk to her and she talks to me about it and everything else for people who are going to, the, I mean, it's a little bit like Lord of the Flies in some of these schools around here. Not all. I'm sure some of them are fine. I'm sure some are perfect and you'd love to do it. And it's like going to Hogwarts and it's all great. But I think that, uh, in many situations that, that it can be some of the cruelest places to send your children is to school. Just because of the situation, uh, you know, the peer pressure and the cliques and everything else, um, it is uh, it's it's it it can be a nasty situation. Again, not excusing this kid's behavior; he made the wrong choice. There's obviously no no two ways about it. But to watch those instigators uh, and to watch all the the things that push in that direction, I, I just don't know why you'd put your kid in that situation to begin with. Um, it's yeah, it's it's horrific. All right. Uh, we are. Um, well, we're up against the break already. Uh, fastest two hours in radio. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly what we got going on here. All right. We're going to continue here in just a moment. The phone lines are open. And um, let's uh, let's just continue the, the, the talk, the talky talk. Uh, 907-433-3150, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. Uh, hello, and how are you? And I missed you during that break. So let me go back and see what you guys had to say. Um, the collectivist mentality... That stems from the lady that sued McDonald's in the 80s after she dumped hot coffee in her crotch. I, I, you know, I don't, it's, it's always somebody else's fault. I mean, I think that necessarily, I guess that could be a snapshot of that uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Richard also said, uh, any politician that has the responsibility to be voting on the people's business should be required to demonstrate they have some degree of competency and understanding of the subject matter. If not, they're not placing an accurate, informed vote. What do you mean? They know exactly what they're talking about. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. 
It's essentially turned it into a short barrel rifle, which has been a weapon of choice by a number of mass shooters. It's a higher caliber bullet. If you put a put a stock on that gun, it turns it into it. If you tape magazines to it, if you tape the magazines to it, it becomes an automatic weapon. I mean, it's just so, just so crazy. Absolutely so crazy. Um, all right. Um, going back up here to see if you guys, there's a, that the, the, the earthquake that Bill was talking about, he says was a 1.7 magnitude earthquake and everyone freaked out thinking there was a terrorist attack. Can you even feel a 1.7 magnitude earthquake? I don't, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't even know, sir. Um, Melissa is talking about collectivism and said, when the Second Amendment was written, having an armed society was good for the collective and still is. I would agree. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, you know, makes it for makes for polite society, right? That's uh, that was Robert Heinlein's. That was Robert Heinlein's assertion. An armed society is a polite society. Um, I've responded to two in my career. Nothing good comes from it. I'm not sure what Jeannie's talking about. She was in law enforcement. I know that. I don't know what she was responding with. Two school incidents or... I don't know. Whatever she, she'll she'll clarify for me here in just a minute. Um, <laughs> Brian, oh, he's got his sarcasm hat on today. If we could only stop using oil and decarbonize the earth, it will heal, and the earthquakes will stop. It's all the result of white colonialists and the patriarchy. Well, that that's true. It's true, Brian. You're you're hundred percent true. Um. You can't expect the institutional bullies to police other bullies. There is something to that. I mean, they keep being so concerned about the lives of the in. I mean, how many times has Loki Tobin in this state said something about if we don't get these uh, transgendered kids in sports or in the bathrooms or whatever else that they're they're at greater risk for suicide and self-harm and everything else. Um I mean, what about the kids who are being bullied for other reasons other than their gender? I mean, as long as they're being bullied for their gender, then you care. But other than that, you don't. You know, that's uh, that's that's the thing. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, OK, two train wrecks. Oh, train wrecks. Oh, God. Yeah. Oof. That's what Jeannie was responding to. She's responded to two train wrecks that that you got you got you got 10,000 tons of, of steel sliding down a rail at a appreciable speed. Nothing ever good comes from that coming off the rails. There's just no oof. Um. Anyway, Tobin needs a psychiatrist. Um, we do not have a gun problem, says Richard. We have a mental health and a non-accountability problem. I, yeah, no, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, all right. Uh, if they are intersectional enough, that is enough for some people. Uh, that's true. All right. All caught up. They all caught up. Oh, Dave says on YouTube, they will never admit it. Violence with guns, not violence. Well, 
that's not gun violence. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You know, they they want to they want to they don't they don't um, single out other types of violence. You know, they don't have knife violence. They don't have hand, fist, and feast violence. They don't have vehicular violence. They don't have all these other types of things that kill people. Um, they don't have medical violence, right? I mean, it it's it. They're very specifically targeting one thing, and the only reason that I can think, the only reason that I can think that they continue to focus exclusively on that, there has to be a reason, right? Why are they focusing exclusively on? The gun, and the only reason I can think of is because it's standing in their way. It's standing in their way of something, which would lead me to believe it's because they want to be able to tell us what to do. They want to be able to, and they know that if we have the ability to resist, that's going to change. What the hell is an assault weapon? What isn't? If I assault you with a penguin, doesn't that make it an assault weapon? Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Assault penguins, they're a thing. I mean, really. You get down towards the end of South America, assault penguins, they're definitely a thing here. Um, all right. Uh, we are continuing now. Phone lines are open. It's open line, open form. It's gun Q&A all day, which is where we talk about firearm stuff. We answer questions. There is no such thing as a dumb gun question. Um, if you are, uh, you know, you've been listening to the program for a while or you're just, you know, what I like to affectionately call gun curious. You're not pro-gun. You're not anti-gun. You're just kind of gun curious. Um, I'm here to answer as many questions as I can. Uh, and if I don't have the answer, don't worry. I got the smartest listeners in the world, uh, and they can, they can answer whatever question we may have. And like I said, there's no such thing that we, you know, I think a lot of people get intimidated. They walk into a, maybe not one of the big box stores, but if you walk into a local gun store and you see all those people there, you, you don't, you're like, I don't want to necessarily ask the questions because some people are embarrassed. They're embarrassed when they can't figure out, uh, you know, when they can't figure out a, a, a question or they don't know. People don't like to appear ignorant. But, you know, hey, we're here. We're here to fix that for you. We're here to answer those questions and uh, and and do what we can do. So the phone lines are open. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Um, remember that shooting in the Taqueria in, uh, Houston, uh, just about a year ago. In fact, a year ago today, I don't know. We talked about this a few months ago. Um, uh, it was a shooting where everybody was at this little tiny, I mean, it was a tiny, it had like maybe 10 tables and it was a little taqueria and a guy came in and basically announced a hold up and started scooping up money and phones and belongings from everybody. You remember this? And then as he got up to as he started to leave, one of the patrons got up and shot him. And then which was totally within the law, right? But the question was he continued as he he continued to advance on the guy when he was down and he shot him again. 
two or three times, I think. Now, the uh the the whole point of that was people were thinking, "Oh, he went too far. He did, you know, he he the the, the threat was neutralized and he well, a grand jury disagreed. Um it was January 5th when 30-year-old Eric Eugene Washington strolled into a restaurant, announced a stick-up, and began scooping up money and belonging from patrons at gunpoint. He was walking towards the front of the restaurant, gun still in hand, when an armed patron drew his own gun and fired at Washington as he passed by. Uh, up to that point, there wasn't much of a question that the patron was acting in self-defense of himself and others. What happened next is what had some activists demanding that the armed citizen be charged. Video of the shooting appears to show the man shoot Washington, who lurches forward before collapsing to the ground. The customer then moves towards Washington, shooting at him several more times while he's lying face down on the ground. Police say the shooter collected uh, stolen money from Washington's body and returned it to the customers who'd been robbed. First responders pronounce Washington dead at the scene. Uh, Customers, including the man who allegedly shot Washington, all left the scene before officers arrived. Only employees and the owner remained, but the man later met and talked with detectives. Now, the big question before the grand jury was whether the patron still had a reasonable belief that the armed man posed a threat to life and limb. That's really the only question. The additional shots fired, if so, would be justified under Texas law. Um, the uh, <clears throat> According to some of the uh, uh, testimony, When he shot him the first time, he was well within the law. But when he turned back around and directly shot him again, now you have made yourself an actual criminal, uh, is quoted from one uh, uh, doctoral source. The shooting, of course, was caught on camera. Activists Quanell X and Matthews, who are with who's with the Rainbow Push Coalition, says they don't condone the actions and behavior of the suspect who robbed the restaurant. But said the patron who shot the man went from law-abiding to breaking the law. He said, he has the right to defend himself. He has the right to protect himself. He had the right to use deadly force, but he went beyond that, and he stood over that young man and pumped bullet after bullet into him. That's no longer self-defense. This is the same group of people, by the way, that when young Johnny gets killed by a homeowner for invading a home, said he was such a nice boy. You didn't have the right to take the law into your own hands. You didn't have the, you shouldn't have to, no, no. So the prosecutors uh, can't make sure a grand jury returns an indictment, and this is always going to be challenging for uh, prosecutors. But as of right now, the grand jury has declined to indict. Jurors had access to all of the surveillance footage from the restaurant. They also heard at least some of the testimony about Washington's criminal history, the robber including the fact that he was out on bond at the time he was shot and killed. He was previously convicted of aggravated robbery in 2015, but just served six years of a 15-year sentence before he was paroled in 2021. In just a month before the robbery attempt, he was arrested and charged with aggravated assault of a family member, but was out on bail and was back on the streets when he decided to hold up the taqueria. The armed patron was a much more sympathetic figure, a regular guy who was just out for a bite to eat who said he uh, fired until Washington no longer posed a threat. That's what he that's his story. And that's he was sticking to it, which under Texas law made it totally legal. If he felt like Washington was still a threat, it it was totally legal. Now, even if the grand jury had returned an indictment, I think it would have been difficult for prosecutors to convince a jury 
to uh, send this guy to prison because, again, the just the fact that you got the one guy who is a multiple-time loser who is out actually on parole for violence, I think that would have been a hard, hard sell, you know. Um, but we'll see. And it, it, and remember, it's Texas. <laughs> this is not Illinois or New York or California. This was Texas. And so they got a, they got a good, uh, they got a good, uh, um, shot at this. So anyway, I guess good for him, keeping him, uh, keeping it, keeping it real good for him, um, in, uh, being able to defend himself and others and, uh, and being able to uh, convince the grand jury. Uh, that that was uh, 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 the the right move at that uh, uh, part. Oh, this story. How much time do I have? I don't have enough time to get into this story. Uh, I will. We'll we'll talk about this on the other side um, about criminals doing criminal things and how again. I've boy, I brought up little Johnny a lot this uh, today. Little Johnny, you know, little Johnny is. Uh, that uh, was was an angel until he decided to go and in, invade somebody's home kind of thing. Um, there's a story about a gun store burglary that we need to discuss here in the next hour um, for sure. Uh, but one of the stories that I did get a giggle out of is Illinois. Illinois is having a is has a problem right now. Illinois has a civil disobedience problem. Civil disobedience in Illinois is skyrocketing as gun owners defy the new registration mandate. There's a new registration mandate in Illinois. Uh, Owners found in possession of unregistered assault weapons and large-capacity magazines could now face criminal charges, but it hasn't stopped many of the gun owners from engaging in civil disobedience, especially with the fact that many sheriffs and some state attorneys saying they have no plans on arresting or prosecuting otherwise lawful citizens. Now, mostly they keep this under their hat, except for this guy, Darren Bailey, a former legislator, a 2022 Republican candidate for governor and a current congressional candidate, has repeatedly dared the governor, J.B. Pritzker, and the Illinois State Police to come and arrest him this week for keeping a hold of so-called assault weapons and large capacity magazines without registering them with the Illinois State Police. He's got pictures on Twitter, uh, X, I guess. He's got this this is my favorite one. He's sitting at a big kitchen table with a puzzle in the front, puzzle pieces everywhere and laying on top is a Thompson it's obviously not a real machine gun, but it's a Thompson replica and an AR15 and a stack of magazines laying out around the puzzle. And it says, I'm just here putting together this puzzle, waiting for Pritzker to come knock on my door and take my guns. I will not comply. I mean, this guy is trolling the governor of Illinois uh, and, and, and posting it on. I mean, he is not shy about this. And good for him. Good for him. I imagine it has garnered him some. Um, that is, I imagine that that has garnered him some uh, uh, some uh, uh, fans out there in Illinois. Probably not in the deep blue, you know, Chicago area or anything else. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting thing to see. And as we've talked about, civil disobedience is the most American of virtues. I mean, it's 
you know, we had the Civil Rights Act. We had the uh, the Jim Crow laws. We've had all these other laws that have been, you know, it, it that people have been proud to, to say what they stood against, that they, you know, no more back of the bus, no more whatever the law was. It is one of the most American of uh, ideals in the exercise of freedom is civil disobedience against unjust laws. And I quite honestly, love to see this. I love to see this because it just shows that average citizens are finally like, we just, it, you know, we're not going to take it. I just, that's, we're not going to take it anymore. Did I just quote an 80s rock song? Yes, I did. All right, we got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hour two, right after this. A picture, this picture of this guy. Um, the picture of this guy is just fantastic. Where's the, where's the, give me the, give me the photo here. Uh, I'll share it with you guys. No, don't turn on notifications. Uh, this is the picture of the, uh, of the guy here. Uh, is that it right there? Oh, let me, let me, let me get the right, let me get the right sauce. Here's the picture of the guy <laughs> on X. He's like, yeah, just come on down. I'm just here making, I'll be here putting this puzzle together, waiting for governor Pritzker to knock on my door. Come on, just come on down. Oh, I didn't notice the Mac nine on the, on the tabletop either. Wow. Guy's got some eclectic taste in firearms. He's got a really nice long-barreled AR, a revolver, a Thompson replica, and a Mac 9 replica on the table. I didn't notice that Mac in the picture earlier. Anyway, uh, great, great pictures. Great, great stuff. Oh... All right, let me go back up here to see what uh, see what you guys have been saying about. They're not criminals, Mike, says Richard. They're just misguided. Oh, man. Absolutely. Um, Tawny says, driving home a few weeks ago, two assault moose out of nowhere. Hit one and totaled my favorite car. It was almost paid off. I made it 27 years driving in Alaska without hitting an assault moose. Dang it. Those assault moose. We need to register them. You know, that's the, that's the thing. We need to make sure that they're, you know, um, all right. I'm scrolling backwards here. I'm, I'm catching these as we go through here. Uh, I don't think we have a mental health crisis to the extent that it's claimed, says Brian. We have created a culture which glorifies revenge. You mean in the criminal behavior? Is that what you're talking about? Um, <clears throat> I'm 
let's say you need help with math, a two-mile-long train, each car is 150,000 pounds traveling, um, 750 rail cars, loads below the highway. Uh, I didn't even attempt to try and do math with that. If you were talking to me, I said tens of thousands of tons of steel sliding down the rail. It's uh, definitely, you know. Um, uh, did you hear about the story about the guy who tried to rob a Wendy's at Florida using an alligator? What? It's an assault alligator. Uh, uh, all right. Well, let's see. Uh, I seem to remember being taught that if you were in a situation where you have to draw your weapon to shoot until the threat is fully neutralized, in other words, not a leg shot, etc. Yes, you don't. You it's center of mass. You don't try and wound. You don't try and disarm. You try and stop the threat, and that means center of mass, Mozambique drill. I mean, whatever it takes to make sure the job gets done until they stop being a threat. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. Um, they're not misguided. Okay. So my husband always told me that if you shoot an intruder, not to wound them, but to kill them. Yes, that's, that's exactly, that's what I'm saying. Um, you don't shoot to wound, you shoot to kill because that is the danger. I, I mean, we could, I could show you story after story, uh, newsprint after newsprint of people who have been shot multiple times and still managed to kill either their attacker or if they were the attacker to still, you know, they, you, you do until they stop being a threat. Um, all right, I'm, 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 I'm going through here. Uh, if Pritzker sent, uh, if Pritzker did send some brown shirts to the guy's house, all he'd have to do is put on a skirt and say he's identifies as female, and they'd leave him alone. <laughs> oh man. Um. All right. So, <laughs> these assault mooses would that qualify as mad cow disease? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, Bill, I saw what what that moose did to your uh did to your truck. He said he said I had an assault moose 3 weeks ago, punched her right in the mouth with my driver's side mirror. She responded by throwing her fat butt into the side of the box of my truck. Haven't seen her since. I think she's mad. Yeah, I saw that. Oh man, moose are so they got just got no concept. Like, no, we're coming to, to stay off the road with the thing and the deal. All right. Um, okay. We're all caught up. <sighs> Firearms Friday. You guys ready to continue? This story, this next story, I'm going to start off with this next story. Uh, let me just, let me just read you the headline. Shall I just, I'll, I'll tease you with the headline. Here it is. Headline says, juvenile gun store burglary suspects. We're on electronic monitoring. You can't make this stuff up, man. You just can't make that. My Johnny was a good boy. My Johnny was a is an angel.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Welcome back to Hour 2 of the big radio show here. On the Michael Duke Show. Thanks for coming in and joining us. It is uh, that uh, beautiful day of the week where we get a chance to uh, uh, talk about the Second Amendment and uh, gun rights and firearms laws and everything else. And uh, we appreciate you being part of it with us today. Thank you for coming on board. And uh, feel free. Today, it's uh, no guests, just you and me. Well, I do have Willie Waffle, but that's a given. At the end of every Friday, we finish up the weekend on a higher note. On a lighter note, and we, uh, you know, we we bring on Willie Waffle for uh, a little bit of weekend movie and streaming reviews and entertainment news and all kind. It's just an excuse for me and Willie to hang out. That's really what it is. So I'm sorry if, uh, you know, but we get we get some good stuff out of it. So let's um, be, we'll be looking forward to that here at the end of the show this morning. All right, uh, but the phone lines are open. That was my whole point. 907-433-3150. If you got something that uh, you're incensed about or, you know, some firearms thing or you got some story or, uh, you know, whatever, feel free to call. It's all it's gun Q&A all day. So f- feel free to feel free to give us a ring and and we'll talk about that. Uh, our previous caller, Fred from Rhode Island, was talking about um, <clears throat> he was talking about individualism and uh uh, and, uh, you know, how they are always blaming they're they're never blaming the person. They're always blaming the gun. Right. They're always it's it's never it's never, uh, you know, Johnny was a thug. It's the fact that, oh, poor Johnny was just fine, but it's his environment or it's the evil. It's the gun that did it. Johnny was a perfect angel till somebody put a gun in his hand, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not the case. And in fact, what we're seeing in a lot of these states uh particularly the more liberal states, the bluer states, is we're seeing a lot of this soft on crime stuff coming back to um, coming back to bite people. Now, I mean, I don't know if you've been watching the videos of the smash and grabs that are going on in many of the major uh, blue cities, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, uh, Chicago, where whole groups of uh, uh, flash mobs of thugs go into stores and they just wreck the stores and they rip everything out and they just run away. And nobody, nobody is challenging them. Nobody is stopping them. Nobody is. In one video in San Francisco, they actually show the kids running by a police car that's parked there in this on the sidewalk. I mean, they just, it, you know, a criminal's going to do what criminal's going to do. I guess at that point, 
Uh, but it just gets even worse, especially when they learn young that they can get away with it. Um, but here's the story. Let me read you the headline. Just the headline caught my eye. Juvenile gun store burglary suspects were on electronic monitoring. You know, that's ankle monitors, ankle bracelets. You know, it's billed as a way to keep an eye on those who have been accused of violent crime without having to go to the expense of keeping them behind bars while they await trial, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it appears that far too often there's not much monitoring involved, at least in real time. And that appears to be the case in western Pennsylvania in a place called Marshall Township. It's a small community just outside of Pittsburgh where three of four juveniles arrested for trying to break into a gun store were wearing ankle monitors at the time. Now, no, it's not what you're thinking. The ankle monitors did not play a role in their apprehension. <laughs> they say the suspects made their getaway from the shop in a stolen car before smashing into a police car, ditching their ride, and taking off into some nearby woods. Despite the fact that most of the suspects were supposedly being monitored, they weren't taken into custody until after the owner of a hair salon spotted them and called 911 to report suspicious activity. <laughs> they weren't being tracked. It was the thing. I mean, <clears throat> a local criminologist said this leads to a lot of questions. If they had ankle bracelets on, they were on for a reason. So the question is, who is monitoring these juveniles? That supervision should be under a responsible parent or guardian and also by law enforcement or a probation agency. The four boys were taken into custody and charged with, and they don't give us their ages, but uh, they're boys. I'm assuming they're, they're juveniles. They're, you know, they were taken into custody and charged with aggravated assault on a police officer, burglary, criminal trespass, auto theft, and receiving stolen property. Two of them were taken to a juvenile facility outside of the county, and the other two with ankle bracelets were released to their parents. Okay, I have so, so many questions about this. <laughs> this is, there. just, I have so many questions. The fact that these kids, uh, you know, first and foremost, how did they, how did they know uh, the criminologist is also quoted as saying there's a good chance they knew they weren't being monitored properly. Otherwise, why take the risk to leave thinking that their every move was being monitored? Obviously, they're kids. They push the boundaries. They figured out that nobody was, you know, nobody was coming. You know, they'd step off the property line and no police would show up. They So they apparently figured it out through trial and error that they weren't being monitored. Uh, I'm just not sure what's more ridiculous, the fact that they actually figured it out or the fact that two of them were actually released back to their parents after their most recent arrest for felony charges. But it it, it just gets worse. Apparently, the a district attorney in this area has been saying that the electronic monitoring program in the county has been broken for over a year now. Uh, last year, last December, the DA called out the program after a video emerged showing a defendant on house arrest named Sean Davis laughing and joking while slipping his ankle monitor on and off. Just weeks after that video was recorded, and while Davis was still on electronic monitoring, he's accused of shooting at a funeral where five people were injured. This is this is the kid who's out. Of, I mean, what is going on? 
It's just, it's a laughing, it's a joke. You wonder why I go forth armed? There's your answer right there. All right, let's go over to the phones and see what uh, you guys have to say. 907-433-3150, we go over here. Good morning, who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hello, my and, friend. Uh, you're kind of uh, in my sandbox right now. Uh, to uh, address your latest presentation, uh, many of those monitoring systems are set up on a nationwide basis. Therefore, they have a central monitoring system that may or may not be located in the state where the uh, monitor where resides. And so there's all kinds of possibilities for breakdowns there, as you can readily imagine. Secondly, uh, the fellow in uh, the Taqueria in Texas, uh, the man was on, the uh, perp was on parole at the time. What I want to know is how in the world he was allowed to have a handgun. Somebody dropped the ball somewhere. Right. I mean, that was my other thing. I mean, this guy has had already been in prison for six years. Uh, he'd been released. He'd gotten 15 years. But for those of you who don't know, this was a story we were talking about in the last hour, that Taqueria shooting in Texas, where the uh, where one of the patrons shot the robber and then continued to shoot the robber after he fell down. Uh, and they were figuring out whether to charge him with something because he continued to shoot him after he fell down. Uh, but this guy had been convicted of violent of violent robberies gotten 15 years, gotten out in six, had then been charged with something else just a month or so before this incident and was out on bail from that. So this guy's a two-time loser already. How did he have a gun, Ron? Explain that to me. I mean, they're not supposed to be able to get guns. That's against the law. Well, you have to take into consideration that from time to time, parole boards in connection with parole and uh, probation and or judges in connection with probation make mistakes, and it's the uh, the job of the supervising parole or probation officer to remedy those mistakes as rapidly as possible. Right, so that so that a local citizen doesn't have to remedy so, that mistake as soon as possible. Well, and then and then too, if you take the Takaria incident uh, and stretch it out to its fullest extent, either the perp was already dead or he was alive and still posed a threat. So what difference did it make? Right. I mean, I mean, at that point, yeah. I mean, but we've, we've heard this, right, Ron? I mean, you, you have to neutralize the threat. Now we've seen, I've seen the video. I've watched the video. There's been like two or three different angles of the video. I remember watching it and looking at it and going, well, I mean, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell if the guy was reaching for a gun, still had a gun. He was still moving after he'd gone down the first time. Um, I'm not sure that the guy did anything wrong, not the robber, but the citizen, because you just don't know. Uh, until, right. until that threat's neutralized, you have no idea. Well, uh, and I would point out that uh, common procedure, even after a criminal perpetrator has been uh, shot, wounded, killed, uh, there have been a lot of people that are handcuffed as general p police procedure after they're already deceased. Yeah, no, absolutely, because you just don't know. I mean, we've all, I mean, anybody who's followed these kind of incidents over the years have read plenty of stories about people who have been shot multiple times who have still gotten up and done bad things, who have still per survived long enough to create more mayhem and to hurt more people. So, 
again, I have no problem with what this guy, uh, what this uh, citizen did in this situation. And I guess the grand jury agreed. Agreed. And I, I would also point I would point out that the uh, scenario that you just described, uh, we can uh, chalk up to the massive proliferation of the nine millimeter. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. If you'd stop shooting those sissy I'm, guns. I'm, I'm a bit old school about that sort of thing. You know, uh, one will take your life, the other will take your soul. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, if those guys would just stop shooting those sissy guns, it'd be fine. You know, give, give them a real man's caliber. Yeah. <laughs> Ron's over here stirring up the Chevy right, Ford we, debate. You, you, you take care, and we'll talk to you again down the road. All right. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate you calling in. I appreciate your call. 907-433-3150 if you'd like to sound off. On that, and no, it's not the Ford and Chevy debate. Okay, I mean, come on, it's the you know, uh, yeah, the, the 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 but this ankle monitor story is just. I mean, what got me was again the caveat at the end where they were talking about this wasn't the only incident that has been going on. This kid who has a video of him online taking the monitor on and off. And then a few weeks later, a few weeks after that video was recorded, he's out there shooting up a funeral. And that that wasn't an isolated incident. And I mean, he's. I just I just don't even I just don't even know. Now, unfortunately, the Democrats from uh, uh, in that state in Pennsylvania, from Governor Josh Shapiro on down, have been putting far more effort into trying to pass new gun control laws than ensuring that the justice system, the juvenile justice system, the ankle monitoring process have been fit. I mean, people, the DA is complaining that this thing is broken. But they're more worried about passing more gun control laws than they were anything else. And these kids, by the way, were trying to break into a gun store, just in case you were wondering. They were trying, that's what they had. Try to break into a gun store. It's the craziest thing. Uh, but don't worry. I got a story that's going to bring you, uh, well, I, I guess it'll bring you hope that there are people out there who will always do the right thing. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. And Willie Waffles coming up at the end of the show this morning for our weekend movie <clears throat> and entertainment review. It's all coming up dead ahead. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Brian and I have been watching the same things because he said fatherless behavior. It's unemployed and fatherless behavior. That's what it is. Unemployed and fatherless behavior. If you've watched Decoy Voice, you know what I'm talking about here. All right. Um, um, All right. I'm going back up here to say. Small quibble, says Brian. 
You shoot to stop the threat, not to explicitly kill. If the outcome results in the death, the threat is still stopped. You would not ever want to be on a witness stand and say, I shoot to kill. I acted to stop the threat is the correct answer. Yeah, you're you're true. I guess I, what I was doing is I was trying to make it simple. It's like you don't shoot to wound, you shoot to kill, right? That's that That was what I was trying to say. But yes, no, I would never say that in a court where it'd be like, oh, okay, I shot to kill. Because the answer is I really don't want to kill anybody. That's not the point. The point is, is to eliminate the threat. Now, the easiest way to eliminate the threat is to make sure that the, you know, that you've got enough lead on target in a vital area that it incapacitates them. Most of the time at that point, they will die and expire at that point. But again, I'm not, I don't want to, I mean, I don't, nobody, I don't think anybody get, well, maybe a few people in this world that stand up, but I don't think anybody gets up and go, I think I'll kill somebody today. You know what I mean? That's not, I don't think any rational, reasonable person wants. But if uh, I'm being faced with a life-threatening situation and it's him or me, it's definitely going to be him, right? That's that's how that's how it gets down to it. Um, <clears throat> um, one reason why left-wingers might not mind if a gun owner does not give up his banned guns is because it might make that gun owner less politically vocal because the gun owner might not want to might want to keep a low profile. And not be noticed and targeted by any government scrutiny. You, you're not wrong, Randy. That's a, I think that's a great point. I mean, that's a I I agree. Um. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> Terry's a little vicious this morning. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about the juvenile boys, you know, and everything else. <laughs> their mom should have eaten them when their bones were still soft. That, wow, Terry, that's brutal. I mean, that's, you know, come on. That's a, oof. Um, Richard is, is, is convinced this is on purpose. Rest assured that the whack job lefties know what they're doing with the soft on crime policies. <clears throat> it will lead to a crisis which will give them a made-up sense of purpose, thus making it so none of them have to get real jobs. That's a little dark. That's a little dark. Um, um, hopefully the taco shop owner gave the shooter free meals for life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um... If, if that's if that situation in that situation, if the scumbag is still moving, he should be hopped up. He could be hopped up on something and it isn't a good time for a well late. Let's late and see what's let's wait and see uh, mentality. Yeah. Um, the core. Oh, and then Donna says the correlation between violent crime and fatherless families in the history of the U.S. is very strong. I agree. This is definitely the fatherless behavior. Um, just cut off work. This is just the show I need said outlawed thoughts. Hello, my friend. Yeah, no, I mean, this is, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. <laughs> and Bill is, I mean, I'm surprised Terry didn't get a, I'm surprised she didn't get a Facebook strike for that. Yeah, surprised, you know. Oh. <sighs> All right. You ready to do it? Let's jump back in. I got one more good story. 
Well, I got a couple more good stories. But we're gonna we're gonna start this off here. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the stuff on YouTube and everywhere else. Let's get other people involved in this, man. Let's do it. And uh and get back to it. Here we go. Ready? Three, two. What the hell is an assault weapon? Does that mean that if we hurt your feelings, you should consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can accept that. Here's Michael Dukes. Kind of a dick, but somewhat funny. What? I Man, that guy is so mean. He is so mean to me. Somewhat funny? I'm really funny. Uh, kind of a jerk? Yeah, I am kind of a jerk. That's how it works. Welcome back to Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. Are you ready? Uh, are you ready to... I mean, this is it. we got a final segment here before we do Willie Waffle. Um, uh, Willie Waffle is going to come in here in about, uh, oh, I guess 10, 12 minutes, and we'll we'll get things started uh, for the weekend movie review. Uh, so we got one final segment. If you want to sound off today, now's the time to do it. Uh, I mean, we've been talking about this situation with the ankle monitor. It's just, it's insane. It is really, really crazy. Now, um, the Richard in the chat room, uh, I'm going to paraphrase Richard, uh, because I think he makes a valid point here. He said, basically said those on the left who are soft on crime know what they're doing. That, that's what he said. He said he thinks that they know what they're doing, that their soft on crime policies are going to lead to a crisis, which gives them a made up sense of purpose, thus making it so none of them have to go out and work in the rest in the private sector. I would argue that they know what their soft on crime policies are going to do. It will lead to a crisis. And to me, that may be part of the point, because then. They've created the crisis, and now they can exploit that crisis to use to push whatever agenda, what other other, you know, what other other agendas there are out there. That's that's kind of what I think, you know, in my mind. That's kind of where I'm going on this. But uh, there are heroes among us. There are heroes among us, and uh, the latest one has made some headlines this last Monday. An armed robbery at a Taco Bell in Akron, Ohio, didn't go down to... Who in their world would dare to rob the the the, the holy worship place of tacos? Taco Bell? Come on, admit it. You guys all know that Taco Bell is your secret... I mean, that is your, that is your secret thing, right? I mean, nobody wants to admit that they love Taco Bell, but they do. They go. I mean, Taco Bell. There's just something about it. Anyway, this guy decided to rob the Holy House of Tacos, and it didn't go down quite like he expected. Police say uh, the uh, it was around 7:30 a.m. on Monday when they responded to the scene, where they were told a male suspect had robbed the restaurant at gunpoint. Now, here's what's interesting about this, because in most scenarios, um. They're, you know, they would just, you know, it's a fast food joint. They don't have a whole ton of money there, right? It's not like he's coming away with a million dollars. They probably would have just let it go. But during this, during the robbery, 
the suspect opened fire. He just opened fire at uh, uh, an employee who then drew his own firearm and struck the robber. He fled the scene with an undisclosed amount of money and then arrived at a hospital moments later with a gunshot wound to the upper body. He's in serious but stable condition. His injuries are not considered to be life-threatening. Um, and they've arrested a second uh, uh, suspect taken into custody after he dropped the injured man off at the hospital. The, uh, the, the employee of Taco Bell not facing any charges at the moment. Because he was defending the Holy Taco. I mean, seriously. They said that they're looking into the possibility that the two suspects may have been connected to another recent robberies, a string of other robberies in the area, but they haven't made any official connection uh, overall. Um, they're they're seeing a downtrend in, uh, uh, in robberies in the Akron area, uh, but... Even though they've seen a decrease, a 35% reduction in its murder rate and a 12% reduction in reported crimes in 2023, there were still more than 200 robberies in the city between January 1st and November 30th. So employees of businesses that are particularly vulnerable to armed robberies have good reason to want to be armed if they're at work. Now, the local television station reached out to Taco Bell for a comment, but they hadn't heard back uh, anything from the corporate headquarters. It's probably going to be up to the local franchise owner to decide what happened to the store employee. I mean, because it's really going to probably be a local franchise issue. Now, most of those stores probably have some kind of policy against it. Although, even if they do, oh, I think it would be a mistake to fire this guy. Uh, Because, again, the armed robber was the first to pull the trigger. This wasn't like this employee decided to try and be a hero it was after the robber started shooting that the 21-year-old armed citizen, he said he hadn't drawn his own gun before the shooting started. So who knows how many people this guy was going to shoot at? I mean, you just don't know. It wasn't like a John Wayne situation. It wasn't a Rambo situation where he was going to try to be a hero. He didn't draw his own firearm until after the shooting started. And I think if the franchise owner... Uh, he's not listening to this show, but if he would be listening, my exhortation to him would be, hey, this guy's a hero. You don't need to chastise it. This is the whole Greenville Mall shooting again. Remember that? The young man who shot the active shooter in the Greenville Mall? In a mall that explicitly has signs up that says that firearms are not allowed? And he just concealed carry anyway? And was able to stop the shooter and then later on received a letter of commendation from the owners of the mall saying, thank you. We we appreciate you for what you do. I mean, they, you know, they realized in hindsight the error of their ways. So my recommendation, of course, is that uh, Taco Bell, the, the franchisee, the franchise owner, should probably be giving this guy a raise. Right? I think they should be given – it's just a good thing that someone was able to fire back when this guy started shooting. And quite honestly, I'd be more inclined to go to a restaurant where I knew that the employees had my back. But, I mean, again, even just from an employer-employee standpoint, the most important thing is that that armed employee was able to make it home safely on Monday night. Whether he's got a job tomorrow or not, 
living moss. That's right. Living moss. That's what happens when you go out and carry. You get to live moss. You get to live more. Right? Live big. Live big. Um, if you uh, if you do it. And again, this is what you get for trying to rob a Taco Bell, man. That's just, <clears throat> there's something sacrilegious about that. Love me some Taco Bell. Don't get it very often, but boy, man, it's it's just something. It's like, you know, your guilty pleasure. A little bit of Taco Bell for whatever. Okay, what else? Uh, um, I don't even care about that one. Uh, no. <laughs> Who who couldn't see this coming? New York Republican who flipped on opposition to gun bans faces a primary fight when New York Congressman Chris Jacobs declared he had a change of heart when it comes to bans on modern sports rifles after the mass shooting at the Buffalo grocery store. He made headlines and earned plaudits from anti-gun advocates and Democrats who were eager to raise to praise his newfound appreciation for gun bans. When the the Republican Party in New York, however, uh, he is uh, now going to be facing some primary challenges here later on in the year. I mean, this is who could see that coming? This is what happens when you get that short term, that short term bump for long term gains. Right. Oh, I think I'll I think I'll change. I got elected as a Republican and pro gun. But, you know. I think now I'm just going to change my mind and I'll go, I'll say that I had a change of heart. Which tells me he really didn't have any strength in his convictions to begin with. If he was going to have that change of heart. But, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Do what's going on. Um, and the the new White House solutions, I did I don't have a time enough time to go over this one, but the White House is, of course, offering up a bunch of solutions. Uh, they wasted little time after that shooting in Iowa to uh, to go out there and give you all these things. Oh, we need universal background checks. We need to ban assault weapons. We need to prohibit large capacity magazines. We need to do, and of course, none of that would have made any difference in any of this with this shooting. Um, for uh, in Iowa, it was a shotgun that he took from his grandfather. That I mean, none of those things would have mattered. It's just that's just it's insane. It's it it must be it must be a Thursday because that's same thing, different day. All right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. All righty then. I mean, just... Uh, uh, they get up there and the... i got to change the light here. There we go. They get up there and the first thing that they do is they start spouting off the same old thing. Oh, if we'd only had background checks, if we'd only had... All this other kind of stuff. If we just only had Karine Jean-Pierre speaking for Biden, that's his press secretary, called on Congress to enact several gun control laws in response to the shooting, including universal background checks, a ban on so-called assault weapons, a prohibiting of large capacity magazines, all of those things. He didn't, none of those things, but of course, they didn't stop her from talking about it. He used a shotgun and a small pistol. 
They're using these things to their advantage. Never let a crisis go to waste. Uh, while Jean-Pierre was uh, stumping for more gun control, the police investigating the shooting had a much different request on Thursday afternoon. Iowa State Patrol Sergeant Alex Dinkless said after an inter- afternoon news conference that if anyone sees disturbing social media posts, they should call 911. Report it. Let authorities know. If you see something, say something. That's always a good lesson because apparently um, the killer made repeated social media posts in the hours before carrying out the shootings, including a TikTok taken from inside a school bathroom with a duffel bag at his feet in the caption, Now We Wait, and the song Stray Bullet uh, being played behind it. Which games, you know, I mean, this is the, I mean, those, according to the Secret Service and a report on active school shooters, 90% of those who planned or carried out their attack said something beforehand that could have triggered, or in some cases did trigger, an investigation, either by a friend, a family member, fellow student, or staff, or online. Joe Biden isn't running for re-election on a platform of see something, say something. He's hoping to generate a wave of a report uh, of support by restricting our Second Amendment rights. But it's just, you know, again, more solutions that wouldn't have done a damn thing. It's irritating as hell. All right. Sorry. Didn't mean to get sideways. Okay. Um, (laughs) Jeannie says Wendy's is her secret, is her her guilty pleasure. Um, all right. Taco Bell is like McDonald's. Everything tastes the same. Oh, that's just not right. Uh, free red sauce for life. Taco Bell. Seriously. I mean, I mean, come on. Um, it, <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second. Waffle cone said, buy a shotgun. That's true. I forgot about that. He did say, buy a shotgun. So maybe it's his fault. Can we use that as a defense? I mean, will his family be able to use it as a defense? I don't know. Uh, Taco Bell has only so many things they can do with five ingredients. Oh, man. Mexican pizzas, though. Oh, man. Especially when they're hot and crisp. I mean, the thing is with Taco Bell is you've got to consume it on the spot, right? It just doesn't, it's not like you can go buy it and travel home 15 minutes and it's still, it, no. When it's, if I eat Taco Bell, it's usually right there in the parking lot. Like I get a taco or two and then I just, oh, they're crunchy. Get fresh jalapenos, buy, you know, get the side of jalapenos. Oh man, the burritos will travel fine, but the, like the crispy tacos or the pizzas, I don't know. Making myself hungry. I don't, I, again, I don't eat it all the time. It's not something I eat often, but when I do, ooh, I love me some Taco Bell. And this, not sponsored by Taco Bell. <laughs> I wish. I wish it was, I could get some of that Taco Bell money out there. Um, Joe Biden defense gun case, uh, Jeffrey Barton. Is that the guy who tried to use Jeff, uh, Joe Biden saying to stick your gun out the window and let both barrels fly? Use that as a defense in the thing, Brian? I can't follow the link because of the thing is broken. But if that's what that is, then, yeah, somebody's already tried that. They tried to use the president's advice as defense, actual defense in their in their uh, uh, in their legal case. Ah. <sighs> Okay, um, 
Where are we at here? I'm waiting for the phone is about to ring. I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. And we're going to have uh, Willie Waffle from WaffleMovies.com. Come up. See my new shirt? Yeah. Surfer Rackus, for those of you who don't know. If you guys are not nerdy, you don't know what I'm talking about when I say Surfer Rackus. Um, all right. <clears throat> we uh, are ready to do it. Free red sauce for life, says Bill. Free red sauce for life. Oh, man, I just take some of that Diop, that fire, Inferno, the fire sauce. Oh, so spicy good. So spicy good. And now I'm hungry. Man, maybe I'll get Taco Bell today. That's, a, you know, I wouldn't say no to that. I mean, I I find Metamucil does a better job than Taco There's something wrong with you, man. There's something very, very wrong with you. That's not right. Uh, all right. My phone is flashing. That means it's time to go. Willie Waffle, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Okay, it's the weekend. I'm ready. And that means for the first interview of the year, Willie Waffle comes on board to share with us, to tell us all about his holiday. He's going to share some slides of his holiday. We're all going to sit through them and pretend like we really loved it. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing fine. You you know, the, the beginning of the new year is a, a time for rebirth, for new opportunities, <laughs> for changing everything that went bad last year. <laughs> And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to try. We're going to try to see what's going on. <laughs> All right. Well, let's um, let's dive into it to start. we got a lot of news going on. Uh, first and foremost, I've been seeing this all over the place. Mickey Mouse, the House of Mouse is struggling a little bit because Mickey Mouse, after years of exploitation by the corporation, uh, is finally... <laughs> finally entered the public domain. I mean, they had some really good lawyers. They were able to extend that trademark and that patent for years. Uh, oh, and, yeah. And I mean, the, the, the law used to be, I think, like 75 years. And they, so, yeah. they, they had the lobbyists get out in force, extend it by another 20. Oh, yeah. 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 So finally, <laughs> Mickey Mouse has entered the public domain. Uh, and there's already stuff on the horizon. Oh, yeah. Because now... People are allowed to use the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse, and, and that's very particular. And I think that's right. something that, uh, that that you know you you have to be aware of that that the intellectual property applies to kind of that version of the character that was created back in 1928 and debuted in the Steamboat Willie cartoon. So you can't you can't call a character who looks like the modern day Mickey Mouse a Mickey Mouse or use Mickey Mouse in your in your movie or your cartoon or whatever. You have to use one that has the likeness of Steamboat Willie. And so there's always somebody who's willing to do that. And in this case, it's those horror filmmakers. Of course. Yes. We're gonna make the horror film version of Steamboat Willie. That's right. They they are just gonna go right for it. So uh it's his name is director Stephen Lamorte. He is going to uh have a Steamboat Willie horror film where the mouse 
torments a group of fairy passengers and and i don't even think they're going to call him mickey mouse and because you know disney disney's been very clear if you if you go outside the lines we're going to see your pants off right and, and right. They, they, they've made it very clear if you, if you go too far if you if you don't stick to that steamboat willie mickey mouse you're going to be paying us a lot of money until you die now i'm confused because i can't remember was that character actually i don't think it was originally named mickey mouse right it was steamboat willie i don't think so i think he was steamboat willie i'd have to go back i was i was actually thinking about that this afternoon too was it mickey mouse as steamboat willie or was it steamboat willie and they just started calling him mickey mouse later yeah but you know who else was in that film who also is in the public domain now that would be one mini mouse oh so they could have a couple serial killers uh yeah. yes they could oh i could see it now yes, well they could. this is the same kind of group of people who did like Pooh bear blood and honey or something like you know That's we, right. yeah yeah the, well yeah the, in the land of, of blood and honey or something yeah yeah, yeah that was that was wild and and they're doing a Bambi, uh, Bambi's revenge movie, where he tries to get revenge on the on the people who shot his mother. And yeah, oh yeah, there's all sorts of ideas that they have that they're floating out there, and and they're just going for it. Remember, I think there's actually multiple Steamboat Willie projects that are kind of being talked about and in various parts of of the pipe and production right now. And uh, yeah, and, and the thing is, let's be honest. All of these are really low cost, low budget productions. Like right, none right. of these, none of these are seriously going to be like playing in your local movie theater very much. Right, this you is know? straight so, to video so, kind yeah. of things. Right, yeah, straight to the stream. Yeah, so you know, let them go off. Let them have some crazy. Let them have some fun. Uh, you know, I, you know, the 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 idea behind protecting the intellectual property was that somebody couldn't exploit your property. And you know, kind of, uh, kind of associate it with a different brand or associate it with a different image, and and now that the now that the property is you know ninety five years old, like you know you've kind of had your use of it, you've yeah. made it your own brand. Yeah. But like I said, Disney Disney was very smart. They have altered Mickey and Minnie and the various characters over the years, so that they almost have like a new clock every time. They introduce one that looks like this, right? So you know they're they're going to have Mickey Mouse and, and the gang in perpetuity on some things. Too Disney has warned us that you know right. you you really can't you can't associate it with some sort of brand or advertising or something like that. Right, you can't so. get endorsements from Mickey Mouse kind of thing. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, well, well, and you know, Disney's got the biggest group of lawyers ever made. Uh, I mean, I had a friend, who, a little hometown friend who used to do art and would sell some art and he got a cease and desist letter. Uh, he said, he said, yeah, I sold like 10 of these. And, uh, you know, he did a couple online, but he had mostly like swap meets and fairs and he was drawing some Yoda pictures, you know, like, you know, baby Yoda pictures. And he got a cease and desist from Disney. He's like, Man, I've only made like a hundred bucks off this. These guys were quick. You right. know. You know right. Well, <coughs> oh, <excuse me. coughs> There's also a very infamous story about a daycare center in Florida that had painted the various Disney characters on the walls and received one of those letters. <laughs> For putting them on the wall. I mean, you know, that's just yeah, yeah. that's nutty. <laughs> yeah, they got no sense of humor. Well, so that'll be interesting to watch. But the saga. Continues for Disney. They're they're struggling a little bit. Disney's Disney is not the 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 powerhouse that it you know uh, it, it the dynasty might end uh, or at least go into serious decline. Yeah, and and we're starting to see that in the box office, and and so as as we got to the end of the year, 
you know, we started getting a lot of the box office numbers. And, and one of the things that Disney has done since 2016 is they were the number one movie studio. They would make more gross money than any other studio. And th- that was true through the pandemic. That was true. Uh, that was true, you know, over the past couple of years. I mean, essentially 2016 to 2023. But this year, 2023, Universal Pictures beat them. Universal took the top spot. You know, they had big movies. They had Oppenheimer, Megan, the Super Mario Brothers movie. All their movies collectively grossed $4.9 billion across the globe. With Disney coming in second, they came in second with like $4.8 billion. And and that was the first time, or also along the way, for the first time since 2014, they did not have a film top $1 billion. Now. They it didn't get a they didn't have a billion dollar movie during the COVID years. Everybody kind of dismisses the right, COVID right, years like right. nobody nobody was going to do that. But this is the first time they have not had a billion dollar grossing movie. None of their Marvel movies did it. None of their cartoon movies did it. None of their remake movies did it. That was like the end. They're not performing where they used to be. Now some people are going to say that well movies in general aren't performing the way they used to. But I also think Disney has really taken a hit in in kind of these culture wars that I think they've really gotten themselves involved right. with, whether what? it be on purpose or not. Yeah. Can we take a can we take a uh, can we branch <clears throat> off for just a second on this? Because yeah. um, you and I didn't talk about this previously, but um the last couple of weeks during vacation, I actually saw a video um, that was talking about, uh, I don't know if you know who Brett Cooper is. Brett Cooper is the girl who works for the, she has a, she's a YouTube commentator. She does some work for the Daily Wire. She looks like Ben okay. Shapiro's sister. Okay. I mean, she's got kind of that same okay. thing. She's a really beautiful girl, black, jet black hair and everything. Well, she's starring in a movie called Snow White and the Evil Queen. Now, this is a movie that the Daily Wire is putting together. And I saw some video where the live action remake of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is getting, it's not out yet, but all the rushes and everything, it's getting killed by fans and everybody else. The actress who plays Snow White, first of all, she's Latino, which I have no problem, but this is a character that's supposed to be Snow White because her skin is white as the driven snow. I mean, it's the whole kind of thing. They... Instead of having dwarves, they had like gender fluid, you know, all this other. I mean, they're just playing into this whole cultural thing and they were just getting killed by the fandom and everything else. And it became a huge deal. And I saw this video about how people are now turning towards this Brett Cooper movie because she looks like Snow White and it's supposed to follow the original Grimm's fairy tale and everything else. Um, And and I mean, the actress who was going to play Snow White was talking about how. Oh, the gender roles in Snow White were so wrong and we're going to update it and it's not she's not waiting on no man kind of thing and all this, kind, you know, and it's like, you know, why don't you just write another story, you know, kind of well, thing. that's kind of where that that's where I'm coming from, too. Yeah. It's like, you know, you don't have to redo the old stories to make them with modern mores and, and modern uh, opinions. Just make new movies with new characters. You know, you want to have a Snow White-like story? Go ahead, do a Snow White-like story. But when when you do something that people already have in their minds, 
when you're yeah. when you're remaking something that, that that frankly still exists. I mean, right. we're remaking movies that most people can watch at any time they want, yeah, and can see at any time that they well, want, and 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 live in their memories forever. It's just indicative of what Disney's doing. I mean, the Marvels crashed, yeah. right? I mean, that thing augured in hard, massive. Uh, they had the other. Uh, what was the other Marvel movie they did this year? I've totally, I've even forgotten about it. Whatever it. Well, they they had the Guardians of the Galaxy, movie. right? That, that did that did fine. That did that well. Didn't do the billion yeah. dollars. It did yep. well. Marvels. The Marvels turns out to be the lowest grossing Marvel movie, like Marvel, like any of the Marvel brand movies they've ever had. Right. Uh, there was another. I mean, movie even that the they... horrible ones that they did. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, anyway, there's just there's... and Ant Man didn't do all that yeah. great either. There's this litany yeah. where people are just like they're tired of it. People just want to see a good old fashioned story, and they want to leave the politics behind. Um, for most of these movies, you know, if you want to have some kind of art film that makes some kind of statement, or you know, the leave the world behind thing with the, the Obamas and all, that's fine. But most people just want clean escapism entertainment, and Disney seems to have forgotten that. And so, yeah, I, I, yeah. And, and I think a lot of this is indicative of the fact too, that it's very hard to find anything that's, that's truly mainstream anymore. Like there, there isn't just, there just aren't that many, many movies or TV shows or, or music that everybody gravitates to. Yeah. We're all in our little tribes now. Yeah. And, and so, you know, Disney, you know, when they remake Snow White and, and they do so, uh, you know, to appeal to the woke crowd, well, then you're targeting only the woke crowd because the right. other crowds don't want that. Right. You know, so I, I think that that's the that's the big problem, you know, is that if you're going to be a major company like Disney, you know, either you kind of got to do a little something for everybody or you're going to pick one crowd and hope that it funds your studios and your profit profits for a long time yeah absolutely all right well let's move over to the uh, let's move over to the uh um uh to the movies because we're we're gonna run out of time here we got i i sorry i sidebarred on that so we got about three minutes okay. here uh we got night swim and dream scenario which one do you want to start with first uh, you know, let's just quick get Night Swim out of the way. This is the one that's in theaters. This is where Wyatt Russell and Carrie Condon and their two kids, they move into a house, and the swimming pool is haunted. <laughs> okay. Yes, just okay. the okay. swimming pool. Just okay? the swimming so, pool. Like, just the swimming pool. So when they go out there, you know, there there's all sorts of figures that are flashing along the side of the pool, and there's weird sludge coming out of the drains, and, and it turns out, there's some sort of wishing well for demons or ah, it's, it's not even worth trying to figure it all out. It's a very tepid movie. It's a very bland movie. It's a one and a half waffle, you know, half a scare kind of film. Okay. It's just not that well done. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I can I can dodge the bullet on that one. Then let's move over to Nicolas Cage in Dream Scenario. Yeah, and this one's really cool. So it's playing in some theaters, but you're more likely uh, going to get it on video on demand, like Amazon Prime Video and Vudu and those other places where you rent videos, you know, for like 20 bucks a pop. And this one's actually kind of cool. And it, it, it's different. And I think that's the thing I want to warn everybody about. It's 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 a different film. It's not a very broad-based film. It's it's almost a little bit more artsy. And the idea is Nicolas Cage is just this regular old milk toast, you know, professor, like psychology professor, who has nothing memorable about him. And his life is kind of eh, and his career is kind of eh. And then all of a sudden, he starts appearing in the dreams of other people 
all around the world. And he starts to become famous. He starts to get the kind of celebrity and the notoriety he seems to have always craved. And then you find out, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> because he starts, the, it's, he starts showing up yep. in people's dreams or something, right? Yeah, he just starts showing up. And, and, you know, nobody knows why. Nobody can figure out what's going on. He just kind of seems to wander in. And people start to recognize him. And, he, and you know, like I said, he starts to become famous. You know, he starts to be get, he starts to get interviewed by television and, and newspapers. And he's thinking about how he can use this to better his career. But, you know, things take a more unnatural. Well, they take a nasty turn oh, I for imagine. our character here. I, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and and so it really is like it's it's a very dark comedy, and then it goes off into almost this this discussion of celebrity and cancel culture, and what do you really control once you become a public figure? And that's what I thought was really cool. I'm at like three waffles on this. I thought oh, it was wow. a solid movie, well, and I love Nicolas Cage. Yeah, no, Nicolas Cage is great. In Nick, this movie. Nick Cage is putting some good moves on there. All right, my friend, we're out of time. We got to go. Folks, we'll see you on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. The Michael Duke Show. Yeah, I haven't even seen the uh, I haven't even seen the teaser trailer for this yet. But I mean, I'll, I'll pretty much watch almost anything Nicolas Cage has been in because the guy is just. He's such a, he's just so great. Um, he, he is, he is. And and this is, you know, I, I, I like to say, this is a movie where he doesn't try to be Nicolas Cage. Like, you know, let's be honest. There are a lot of movies where you see the Nicolas Cage coming through. But in this movie, he really is embodying this character and and all of his fears and all of his anger and and and, and all of just the, the weird happiness he has when finally it looks like he's somebody, you know, and, and, and his reactions to what is going on around him and the way that his life is being destroyed is heartbreaking, heartbreaking. I like yeah. a movie that makes me feel. I like a movie that makes me feel. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So, and A24 has been doing some really good movies. Um, so I'll I'm I'm gonna I'll keep my eyes out for it. Three waffles. All right, we'll see what's coming up next week, real quick. Next week we're gonna have the Mean Girls musical movie is gonna be next week. Oh God. Okay, and also the the Beekeeper with uh oh gosh, why am I blanking on his name? The cool the coolest action hero ever, Mr. Bald. Uh oh, yeah, Jason gosh. Statham. Thank you, Jason Statham. Yeah, yeah. I saw that I saw the thing that was like I'm like the beekeeper? What? I mean the the beekeeper? Yeah, uh, just just call it what it really is. Jason Statham is going to kick some booty. It's That's a, the name of every it's movie the, It's does. the Transporter 7, right? Or whatever. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say for a, uh, if you want a good Jason Statham movie that has not just uh -huh. action but has drama, you should watch Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man. Have you seen that? Oh, I have. I have. I'm, I'm going to tell you another one. Okay. If you want to see Jason Statham doing the acting thing, bank, the bank job. The bank job. The, the bank job. He plays a guy who's leading a group of, of, of working class guys that just want to rob a bank. And it is fascinating to watch. It's a great caper movie. It's a great acting performance from him. Uh, how they try to carry this out is, is ingenious. The bank job. 
that's the Jason Statham movie along with Wrath of Man. Yeah, because I, I love him in the Italian job. So now we're yeah. going to have to figure out the bank job. All right. I'll go take a look on that as well. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We will see you next week. Next week. It's going to be great. We're going to sing songs together. Can we hold hands? Uh, all right. <laughs> only only if you ask nice. <laughs> <laughs> only if you wash them first. All right, my friend. I will I will see you next week. Thanks so much. All right, okay, folks. Uh, we got to go. Uh, we got to go. It's getting silly around here. We'll see you tomorrow, uh, Monday. That's what I meant. Have a great day. terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show